Come with me to the Luke chapter. Luke chapter 1. We're going to be reading in uh, verse 26. We're going to continue on the series of sermons that we started last week called The Call of Christmas. And The Call of Christmas is all about how God places a call in our lives. And He's calling out to each and every one of us. And He's calling us to make a decision whether we're going to answer that call and follow Him, or we're going to um, not let it go to voicemail, I guess, or or hang up that call, or whatever it might be. Today's story, uh, I'm laughing, I'm sorry, i got to tell this story. So... Christine came to me and said, there's a raccoon in the... in Brittany, sorry. <laughs> Brittany came to tell me, sorry, Brittany, uh, came to tell me that there's a, a baby raccoon in the vents in the gym. And so I sent one to, I sent a, a message to Matt uh, Collins, who is the head of the custodian here, and I said, there's a raccoon in the gym vents. And he goes, now that's one I have not heard of before. <laughs> so... Interesting. Um, all right, so today, <laughs> getting back on track. So today, sorry, it was just funny. I was laughing because the text came in while I was reading it. I'm like, today we're going to talk about Mary and the call that Mary had on her life. Now, listen, when we talk about Advent, we talk about Christmas time, there's some major stories that come out here, right? There's the stories of Zechariah that we talked about last week. And then, of course, there's the story of Mary and Joseph and there's the story of the shepherds and, and all of these things that we all lead up to the birth of Jesus. And there's some amazing things that happen in each one of these stories. This particular story strikes home with me, not because I relate to Mary, but because of what Mary did. And Mary said yes to something that would change the course of her life. Mary said yes to something that was going to completely change everything that she had been doing, everything that she had planned. Everything got changed the day that she said yes the day that she answered the angel's call to accept the assignment that God had given to her. Now, if we think back to our own lives, there are some things that we have done in our own lives, right, that are major decisions. Maybe that decision to buy a house, or that decision on what college to go to, or that uh, decision on whether I should marry the fool sitting next to me or not, and I'll let you decide who's the fool and who's not, right? Okay? So... Now, men, if you're smart, you'd look at and say, I'm the fool, I'm the fool in love, right? So I just helped you out there, okay? I just gave you some points. But the the truth of the matter is that there's decisions that we all make that are big decisions that are going to change our lives, change the future. Some would say that those decisions that we make individually are pretty big decisions. None of them have made a decision. None of them have changed. Are we coming in here because there's an animal in there? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the kids' parade. It's the kids' parade. Everyone say hi, kids. Lord, we bless. Lord, we just pray and bless for the, all the kids of Passion Community Church that they would receive all of the things that you have for them. May you bless them. May you keep them safe. May you protect them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So Mary makes a decision. You know, the decision that Mary makes is a huge decision, right? I mean, some of us buy a house is a pretty big decision for, for our own right, right? That, I mean, listen, most of us, when we buy a house, we go in debt for 30 years. That's just the way it is in, in, in the world today. When you buy a house, you get a uh, 15, 30, uh, 15, 20, 30-year 30 loan, and those are big decisions. They're going to change your life forever. 
you're going to be making payments forever, it seems like. Uh, but those are big decisions that you make. There are other big decisions you make. To say I do to marry someone is a big decision. You're going to spend, hopefully, the rest of your life with that person. God wants us to spend all of our life with that person. Now, I don't know that if any of us in this room have made a decision that's been so large that has changed the course of human history. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. Who knows? Those decisions, those, those, course, uh, those decisions we make that change the course of our life are big. But today, the call is to Mary. And Mary is going to say yes to something that's going to change forever. Now I have to say before we read this verse and before we jump into these scriptures, Mary was a good Jewish woman. She knew the prophecy. She knew what was coming. She knew that for years a, a, a prophecy was said that a child was going to be born. She even knew that it was going to come to a virgin. And she knew all these things because she was of the priestly line. And because of her heritage and her priestly line, she knew of these prophecies. They went over these prophecies over and over and over again. And so she knew of those things. She knew the world was coming and she knew that. She, know, she knew of all of these things. So when the angel appears to her, Mary is not devoid of understanding the prophecy that has been spoken for hundreds of years before she receives it. Keep that in mind as we read this scripture. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, in your ultimate plan for human salvation. You found Mary, who said yes to the call that you have given to her. But Lord, we don't want to come and word, uh, we, we give honor to her because honor is due her, but it was the, just the simple fact that she answered the call that you give to her that we need to learn from today. Lord, we pray that today through this story of Mary's life that we can come to an understanding of how we need to say yes to you. That all the things that Mary had to ponder before she said yes to you, she did, but she still said yes. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would open our eyes to this scripture, open our eyes to this story, help us to learn how to say yes to you, regardless of the cost, regardless of the things that is going to change in our lives. Help us to say yes to you, Father. Lord, we love you. Lord, we pray that uh, you would just open our eyes, open our ears, so that we can hear from you. Lord, I pray that my words would not be my own, but they would truly be your words, Father. Lord, let us learn from you. Holy Spirit, come into our hearts, come into our minds, give us wisdom, and help us to grasp this scripture and what you want to say to us. In Jesus' most precious and holy name we pray today. Amen and amen. This story is well known. We've probably read, you've probably read this story hundreds of times in your life. If you're a Christian of any amount of time, even if you're not a Christian, you've heard the story of Mary and how she said yes. There have been many movies made about this. Uh, I was going to show some of them today, but some of them are really funny and then some of them are really serious. And so I decided we'll leave them out. 
because there's too many to do. But it's interesting to see how the different characters play the story of Mary. Most of the characters, most of the videos of Mary show Mary either being greatly afraid, and so when the angel shows up, Mary cowers underneath the table, and, and she gets really afraid of the angel. And then the other ones are Mary is pondering and very uh, interested about this angel, and so she walks to the window and opens up as the light shines in upon her face, and she's like, oh, it's an angel, right? And I... Sorry, I, I watched too many of these and laughed too hard about some of these. I was sitting in my office laughing at these. But the truth of the matter is that Mary, again, knew the prophecy that was going to be given, or the prophecy that was given about a, a Christ being born. And so when this angel shows up to her, the angel Gabriel, I should say, shows up to her, he says a few things that I think are very important for us to understand. The first thing that he says to Mary was, Greetings, O favored one. Now, I don't know about you, but when an angel comes to your door and opens up the door and says, Greetings, O favored one, that is pretty cool, right? So this is not just like me walking to Alicia's house and saying, Oh, hi, O favored one, right? That's, uh, that's, that me saying, O favored one, to someone may hold some resemblance of, of importance, but an angel showing up at your door and saying, O favored one, is a, is a totally different story. So Mary is at first greeted by this angel, by Gabriel, who says, O favored one. And she's immediately troubled at the saying. Scripture says that, in fact, that's what Scripture says, verse 29, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Now, Mary has to understand that this angel shows up to her house and is calling her a favored one, and now she's asking herself, why is this angel here before me? What is he going to say? What is going to be spoken to me? What is going to ask? What's going to be asked of me? See, for a young Jewish woman of the first century, the expression, the Lord is with you, an O favored one, would bring great mind to the... the, the uh, Patriarchs of the Jewish faith before this point. When God, when, when God, when God called someone, <laughs> when God called someone to an important task, to a mission that would stretch the person like never before, the assurance that the Lord would be with that person was often given. When Moses received a calling from God. At the burning bush to convince Pharaoh to let the people go, the Lord told Moses, I will be with you. Those are the words that Moses received. When Joshua was called to lead the people into the hostile territory, the promised land, God said, I will be with you, Joshua. When Gideon was called by the angels to liberate the people of the Midianites, oppressors, the angel said, the Lord will be with you. When Mary hears that she is not only favored by God, but then she also gets this, this phrase, the Lord is with you, she has to immediately be thinking, oh crap, what do I have to do now? <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, Mary, again, is hearing these things and understanding, again, because she's of the priestly line. She knows all of these stories. She knows of the history of the Jewish faith. So when the Lord shows up to her and says, you are a favored one, and the Lord is with you, she immediately understands that she's going to be asked to do something that's going to stretch her beyond any means that she had. It's almost like someone coming up to Pastor Chaz and going, hey, do you have a million dollars for me? <laughs> do you have a million dollars in the bank? He just did a kitchen remodel, so I know he doesn't. But... <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, seriously, what is that stretching question that we look at when someone comes and asks you that? Ask you that question that stretches your heart, stretches your mind, and knows the very next thing that's coming is going to be something that's going to cause me to stretch everything that's inside of me. Think about it on your job. When, you, when your boss walks in and goes, hey, you got plans this for, for this weekend? You're like, oh, great, here we go. I know what follows that. Well, it looks like I'm working this weekend, right? You don't have anywhere to go tonight. You can do 12 hours. You can do 16 hours. You know what's coming next, right? When that person comes in and stretches you and asks that question, Mary's in the same way. When, when the angel Gabriel shows up to Mary to ask that question, she knows immediately that what's going to follow is going to be something that's going to stretch her beyond any means that she had. So the angel Gabriel speaks to her and says, The Lord is with you. When she hears us, she's standing in the traditions of Moses, Joshua, Gideon, David, all those that had heard the similar words when God called them to their crucial missions. These very words would indicate to Mary that she's about to be sent on a mission, that the call that was going to come to her would be greater than her own ability because of the history of what had been approached to her at this time. The simple fact is that when God calls us to action, the Lord is going to be with you. So those words that the Lord says to Mary, the Lord is with you. When the angel says to, to Mary that the Lord says the Lord is with you, then it is something that we have to understand that Mary knows that she's going to be called on a mission, that she's not going to be alone. When God calls you on a mission, you're never going to be left alone. Do you understand this? It's a simple thing to understand, but it's something that we easily forget. When God calls you to go and speak to your neighbors, you're not going to speak to your neighbors alone. When God calls you to go into work and represent Him on your workplace, you're not going alone. When God calls you to give an offering to someone that they need something because you have it and they don't have it, God is not asking you to do that alone. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you when He calls you into a mission for Him. No matter what mission you're called in, the Lord is going to be with you. That's the wonderful thing about Emmanuel, right? Emmanuel, the Lord is with us. It's amazing fact that the Lord is with us when we answer the call that's given to us the Lord is going to be with us I think one of the very uh, promising things to Mary was that she was able to say yes because the Lord came to her through Gabriel and said I will be with you and so it comforted Mary and said I will have him with me I don't have to do that see back in the Old Testament days this was a very important phrase today no matter what call you receive you have to understand that the Lord is with you because of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross the veil has been torn and the Lord is with us the Holy Spirit resides inside of us so the Lord is with us wherever we go I've said this countless number of times that's a wonderful thing but it's also a very scary thing too just think about it. When you walk into a place and you're about ready to say something to someone that you shouldn't say, and you're about ready, the Lord is with me. I can't say what I really want to say right now. The problem is the Lord reads your mind too, so understand that. He's a mind reader. The truth of the matter is, is that when we receive a call from the Lord, we're never asked to do this alone. You're never asked to do the things that he has called you to do, that he is calling you to do. The gospel, the good news, he doesn't leave us alone when we go spread that good news. When we take on the task of feeding a hungry person, God does not leave you alone to do that. 
when you're raising a child and you're trying to figure out in the middle of this, how do I get to a screaming kid or how do I get this kid to uh, put the toilet paper roll on the right way instead of the back way? Uh, you know, we have to understand that the Lord is with you. <laughs> that would drive me nuts, by the way, during. Uh, so, but when the Lord, when we understand, I, I'm, jo- I'm joking about the toilet paper, okay? The Lord is with us when we put on the toilet paper the right way, by the way. If you put it on the back way, he's not with you, but that's a, that's a different story. <laughs> Not joking, uh, joking aside, the Lord is with us wherever we go. The Lord is with you when you take that step of faith. The Lord is with you when you do something that may seem bigger than you. In fact, the Lord wants you to take steps that are bigger than your ability because that causes us to be stretched like Mary was stretched. Today, my prayer for this church, myself, my mission, all of us, is that we know beyond all the things the Lord has asked us to do, we are not alone. You know, I question over and over and over again when the Lord says, hey, you should go do this or you should go do that. I'm like, oh God, you have to understand. I don't know that we can do this. And then I forget that the Lord is with us. And I forget that he's going to make a way. He always does. He always makes a way. Even when the task seems so unaccomplishable that we'll never be able to do these things, that we'll never be able to be exactly who God wants us to be, to to do the things that he wants us to do, the Lord is with you. When things seem really rough and there's no time and and you can't get it done and you don't have the money to, to do all and pay all the bills that you need to pay, the Lord is with you. He will make a way for you. You have to understand that and you have to rely on that. Let's move on. Verse 31. The angel Gabriel continues to speak to Mary, and he says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him his his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, Angel, how will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. This section of, uh, of this story reminds me of one thing over and over over again in Mary's uh, response to the angel, what we learn is this humbleness. Mary has an amazing humbleness to, to this. When, when the Lord calls upon her and asks her to take upon this, this task, she responds with a very humble response. If there is a book on how you are to act when God gives you a special mission, I believe it would start with the story of Mary and how humbleness and how humble Mary was. Mary, when she receives this story, when she receives this call, if you will, could have responded in many different ways. You have to understand that Mary is not a rich girl. Mary is a prototypical average Jewish citizen who comes from a priestly line. She has good pedigree, mind you. Understand that her parents and where she comes from is a very good priestly line. She was a very... uh, um, very well-behaved young lady, I guess is the best word to say, best way to say it. 
So Mary comes from this, but she is very average. She's not rich. She doesn't have a lot of a lot of uh, 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 of uh, status in life. Her her parents weren't you know mayors or or uh, you know lots of uh, own lots of land and those types of things. She was just an average going person, average Mary. And so when she's struck with this call from God and, and the angel Gabriel says to her, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. There has to be many things that are running through her mind. As I said before, she knew the prophecy of what was going to be said, so that's running through her mind. But then also what's running through her mind is that she's about ready to get married. She's betrothed to Joseph. Now, if you understand an average lot of a, of a good Jewish girl during this time, is that marriage was everything. Marriage was something that they looked forward to. It was, it was their calling in life. It's what they wanted to do. It was the opportunity to not only get married, but eventually have children and, and to give all of that. And so when the angel of the Lord comes to her and says, Mary, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, immediately in her mind she has to be thinking about the greatest thing that she's been looking forward to, the greatest thing that she's been planning for. Now, I know some of us have planned, most of us, older uh, folk in here who have kids that are a little bit older have planned a wedding or you've been part of a wedding. It doesn't happen in just two days, does it, Doreen? <laughs> no, it happens many times. I remember my wife for a year up until August, she's planning this wedding and she's, it seems like every day we had to do something. I'm like, seriously? Every day? The wedding's like a year off and we have to do something today for this wedding? And she's like, yeah, you do. And I'm like, Really? You have to, not me, right now. She's like, no, you do. And I'm like, oh, okay. So Mary is, is betrothed to Joseph, and so she is planning on getting married. This is everything to her. You have to understand that her response in humbleness is such a big deal because to her, this marriage to Joseph means her whole entire life. And so when the angel comes to her and says, you will conceive in yourself a, a child, she has to be thinking to herself, I may not get married. Because you have to understand during this time when a woman committed adultery she was given the right the husband was given the right to actually stone her to death. If she committed adultery outside of the marriage bed with another man the punishment was given to the husband to be able to choose to decide whether she lived or not. And later on in Joseph's story, you hear that Joseph struggled with this and Joseph decided quietly to divorce Mary before the angel came down to speak with her. But you have to understand that Mary, when she's hearing this from the angel, is thinking to myself, or thinking to herself, I may not get married. This may cause me to put my life in jeopardy. This may cause me to have a problem. Now, I don't know if Mary had time to think through all of this in a great standard, but all of this had to have been running through her mind. She had to have been thinking about all of this. And the angel is saying to her, He will be called great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him to his throne, his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. There will be no end. So not only is Mary hearing that she's going to be pregnant, not only is she trying to struggle with this because this may mean the end of her relationship with Joseph, it might also mean the end of all of her surroundings. People are going to talk. People are going to make fun of her. People are going to blame her. Yes, you're right. You're pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Right. Someone came to me today and said, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I'd be like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
I can tell you how you got pregnant, and it's not by the Holy Spirit. So during these days, Mary has to, during this time, Mary is overwhelmed with these feelings, coming over here, hearing all of these things, and her only response to the angel was, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Notice how Mary did not say, wait, nope, I don't want it, I don't want to do it, you got to, you got to tell me, you know, there has to be a different way. Isn't there someone, I mean, if an angel shows up to my house and tells me this, I'm going to be going, okay, wait, there has to be someone that's younger that can take care of this kid, that can do all this, I don't want anything to do with this. Wait a minute, you mean it's going to make me lose my social status in life? I don't think I want to do this. Wait, you mean I'm going to have to give up everything? I might even have to give up the greatest thing I ever wanted, which was marriage? I don't know that I can do this, Lord, we have to, we have to have a conversation with this. We have to have a conversation. Can we dialogue about this, Lord? I know you communicate back and forth, so let's dialogue about this. Let's do our pros and cons, right? So here's the pros of me taking and saying yes to the birth, and here's the cons, and I'm going to make a decision at the end of this list, Lord. Mary doesn't do any of that. Mary's only response was, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Mary didn't even question, didn't say yes or no, didn't even, didn't even flinch. She was more interested in how this was going to happen because she was a virgin. Of course, the angel responds to her and tells her how it was going to happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mary is receiving this call. See, a big mistake that we have when we get a call from Jesus is that we believe that my call is bigger and better than someone else's call. Mary's humbleness about this call. She could have said, okay, listen, not only is the angel Gabriel coming before me, not only is he standing before me and he's calling me, oh favored one, not only is he saying the Lord is with me, but Mary, now he's telling me that the son I'm going to bear is going to be the head of all things. He's going to be the king of all things. And he's going to stand up here and say, I, Mary could have just right away said, okay, listen, I'll take the son because guess what? I get to be the, I get to be the, the mother of the king. Look how great it's going to be. I get to drink and eat for free wherever I go when they find out who this person really is. Right? I mean, Mary could have been very upfront with that. She could have been very, uh, not, not very humble at all and just said those things and stood before the people and said, look at who I am. I am the mother of Jesus. He's going to heal people. He's going to raise people up from the dead. You want to talk about bragging about your son? Mary had the right to brag about anything. I mean, we all get a chance to brag about our kids and our kids do pretty special things. But I don't know that any of our kids have yet raised someone from the dead. Not yet. Pray that some of them will. I pray that the Lord uses them to do mighty things. But Mary had the opportunity to brag, and she didn't. See, oftentimes we believe that our calling is so much bigger and better than someone else. That the person down the street has a lesser calling than us. We have to understand that your calling doesn't come... Mary understood this. Mary just immediately understood this. That her calling is going to play a bigger role in bringing the kingdom of God into this. If we would all just take a, take a step back and say, my crack really doesn't stink. Or it does stink. Like everyone else's. Right? And that I need everyone else around me to work then guess what happened? The kingdom of God would grow instead of shrinking. Right now we have people who believe that their calling is better than someone else, so they stand up and say, I am the important one. This is the most important thing, and they're proclaiming that they are greater than someone else. The Lord doesn't work that way. The Lord wants us all to be incorporated. I'm taking a little bit of a side note here, but the Lord wants you to incorporate all of this. We have to remember that the call that you and I receive is no greater or lesser than the call the person 
the person next to you or down the street has received. They're all needed. <laughs> amen. That was a good place to say amen. Uh, the call, they're all needed and all a part of kingdom plan that God has in store for you and I. Your call that the Lord gives to you as, is, is as important as the person sitting next to you. It's as important. Our call, as our, what the Lord has called us to do as Pastor Community Church, is as important as the church across the street, the congregation church. It's as important as the Methodist church. It's as important as CBC. It's as important as any church in this community and in this uh, state and in this world. Our call is no greater than someone else. It may be different, and we have a different calling than someone else, but it doesn't mean that we're greater or we're lesser. It's the same. It's humbleness and accepting that idea. Mary never once walked around like she was the greatest thing, that her son would be the greatest thing. In fact, we find that Mary, do you know, interesting enough, Mary is the only person that was both at the birth of Jesus and at the death of Jesus. Think about that for a moment. Mary was the only person that saw both the birth of Jesus and the death of Jesus. She was there giving birth to him, obviously, and she was at his feet when he died on the cross, too. Taking a side note for a moment, it took me many years and many humbling experiences to learn that I am just a part of the overall plan that God has in store for this country, this community, the surrounding area. It doesn't lessen the importance of what our mission, what my mission, what your mission is. It just means that we have to understand that we need everybody. We can't do it alone. I can't do it alone. Jazz can't do it alone. No one can do it alone. We have to be together. We have to work together to do this. When God receives and sends you a call, it is a call that he's sending to you because he is requiring you to stand up in humbleness and say, I'm going, I'm going to accept that call and see it played out in the kingdom of God so that we can move forward. Verse 37 says, For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary, Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary certainly wasn't the only person to say yes to the Lord. Mary wasn't the first. She wasn't the last. Neither are any of us in this room. However, her answer came with many things that the majority of people who have received the call from God will not necessarily face. See, when Mary said yes, it wasn't just a yes to all the glorious things of life. It wasn't just a yes to seeing Jesus and being the, the mother of the king. It wasn't a yes to saying, yeah, I, I, the Holy Spirit just call, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon me. The Lord is favored, thinks I'm favored. All of those things are amazing things, but Mary's yes wasn't just that. Mary's yes was to everything else I said to you earlier also. Scripture doesn't tell us much of the toil that Mary must have faced, the anguish that she went through in accepting this, and also the anguish of the life after that. Just think about this. As Mary's stomach grew and the, the child began to grow inside of her, the rumors and the acquisitions that were thrown against her, calling her an adulterer, calling her all these nasty names, making fun of her and saying all of these things that she was not. Mary had all of those things, but Mary knew all of those things were coming and she still accepted that, yes, she still accepted that calling. 
See, too often in today's world, when the call of God comes on our life, we think way too deeply. When the call of God comes upon our life, we're like, okay, if I say yes to this, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to, you know how many times I hear people say, when when I approach someone about accepting Jesus into their life, one of the very first things I go, if I say yes, that means I'm going to have to give up all the good times I have. Right? Can't go here, can't do that, can't do all of that. And I just look at them, I shake their head, I shake my head. I want to shake their head too, but I shake my own head. I'm like, you're missing out on the whole entire purpose of this. You're thinking way too deeply about what you have to give up and not about what you're receiving. When Mary answered yes, she didn't think about all of this. She didn't, she didn't allow the, the anguish and the heaviness of all of those decisions that she was making at that very moment. She didn't allow it to detract her from what she was going to say. When the Lord comes to you and He starts to speak to you and He wants to give you a calling on your life, we have to not worry about the consequences of those things. We have to understand that the Lord is not going to leave us alone. That that call is going to come upon our life. And when it comes upon our life, that we need to go forward in that call. Regardless of what's going on, regardless of what's going to happen, what's it going to cost me? I can be direct with you for just a moment. I wish we had a thousand people that wouldn't worry about the consequences of saying yes to the Lord. I wish that we would have people that would stop weighing the consequences, weighing the weight of what they have to give up instead of just saying yes. Instead of just saying may it be as the Lord has spoken and said. Not to worry about all those things, because see, what happens is when we worry about those things, we pause what the Lord is doing in our lives. We pause the call that God has given to us to move forward. We pause all of that, and we cause these things to happen. Now listen, you have to understand that the Lord's will is going to happen regardless of whether you and I answer that call or not. You understand that? We are, I don't want to say it that way. I was going to say we are just pawns in a, in a great game of chess, but that's not true. It, it, this isn't men in black. This is, um, we are, the Lord's will is going to happen. And he gets to choose how and where that's going to happen. Because he chose you to be part of that. Because he chose you to be part of that call. That means more than anything else. Can you imagine that? Ever been a kid waiting to get called first in the game of kickball or softball or football or whatever? I was the last kid most of the time. Oh, okay, Jason, come on, you can be on my team. I know how it feels to be that way, but I also know how it feels to be first. Because the Lord calls on us. He looked down and said, I have a job so important that only you can do if you don't think about the consequences, if you don't worry about all of the things that are going to happen to you, if you don't worry about what people might say, if you don't worry about the things that you have to give up, if you worry more about serving me and serving who I am than worrying about sleeping in on a Sunday, then you're going to be blessed. We just say yes to that call. We just say yes to the call that he has for us and we leave the circumstances, we leave the consequences of what we think is going to happen behind then the Lord will be with us. Are you willing to answer the call today? Are you willing to say yes, regardless of what it may cost you? Are you willing to say yes, 
There may, may be many people who come against your call. Maybe many people will come to you and say, you're crazy for getting up on a Sunday morning and going into church. You're crazy for being on your knees every morning before you wake, before, yeah, before you wake up. That's a, that's a trick. As you wake up. You're crazy for serving God the way that you do. There'll be many people who say that, I guarantee you. But it's all right because the Lord is with us. That's the promise that he gives to you and I. Will you stand and will the worship team come forward? Perhaps you're here today and you need to say yes to the Lord. Perhaps you're here today and the Lord has given you a dream or a vision. Perhaps you're here today and the Lord God himself has asked you to take upon a toll, take upon a, a, a process of doing something great. Something that only you can do. Answering a call that only you can answer. See, the Lord called you to something. The Lord has called me to something. He's called every single one of us in this room. It doesn't matter how old you are. As long as you're breathing in and out, the Lord has a purpose for you and has a plan for you. The question is, are you willing to answer that call? Are you willing to say, yes, Lord, here I am. I'm ready to go. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to say yes to you, regardless of the consequences, regardless of the actions, regardless of all those things. I will say yes to you, and I will follow you. The Lord wants us to do that. The Holy Spirit is prompting inside of my heart, and I'm sure he may be prompting inside of you, that some of you here in this room have been saying no to the Lord because it's been something that's going to cause you to do something different than what you've already done. You've been comfortable living in a lifestyle that you've always been living. You've always lived this way. You've always acted this way. You've always done that. By saying yes to the Lord means I'm going to have to be someone completely different than who I was before. But I believe that the Lord and the Holy Spirit are speaking to you and he's saying, say yes to the call. You'll be blessed. You'll receive great favor and the Lord will be with you. I believe today that there are people in our life that need to hear from the Lord, that need to hear from you. Only you can speak to those people. The Lord has given you a message. The Lord has planted something on your heart, a love, a, a, a relationship, something with that person that only you could go and make that person and move that person to accepting Jesus because the Lord has called you to this assignment. But it must be you that does it. I think too often we as Christians put off those calls. We put off those things that the Lord has asked us to do. And we say, ah, someone else will do it. I'll just pray in the church. Maybe the pastor will say something to move in their heart. When in reality, what will happen is that that day on your job or that day in that conversation, the Lord is going to speak something to you and it's going to move inside of their heart. It's going to cause them to come to a place. I believe today that the Lord is calling all of us in this room and he wants to release those dreams. He wants to release those visions. He's saying, I am with you if you just accept those things. Mary didn't think about any of those things. She was humble and she stood before the Lord and said, yes, may it be so. May it be, a, may it be as you have spoken to your servant. I am your servant. She said to the Lord, I am your servant. Servant means that I am here to do whatever you need me to do. believe today we need people like Mary who will stand before the Lord and say Lord here I am I'm your servant use me I will go where you want me to go I will do what you want me to do I won't
won't weigh the consequences. I won't weigh the actions. I won't weigh the, what people will say to me. I'm just going to follow you. And I know as I follow you, you will be with me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, I believe even today in this very room or someone listening online right now is receiving a call from you. You have been speaking to them. They have been having dreams. They have been having visions. They have been having people in their life that has come to them and say this or say you would be good. You should do this. You should do that. Or maybe it's just something someone has been placed on their heart that you, Lord, have spoken to them and said you need to go speak to this person about me. You need to share your love or my love with that person. Today I believe, Holy Spirit, by your power, you are moving in the hearts of the people that are in this room and listening today to this message. That they will hear from you. And if they say yes, if they say yes, I'll be your servant, I will do what you ask me to do. Then you promise that you'll be beside them, walking with them. And that they will not be alone. I pray this very moment by the power and the words of the Holy Spirit that they would be enlightened in their heart as they hear from you as they hear that call that you that clarion call that comes over their lives that they would say yes Lord yes I will follow you I am your servant I will do as you want me to do may it be so May we learn from the story of Mary. May we come humbly to you, Father, accepting that call that you have given to us. I pray today, this very holy, this very amazing moment that we have been given, that we can respond in our hearts, that we can respond in our minds with a yes, Lord. Come. Father, into our hearts. Holy Spirit, come and move. Help us. Empower us. Guide us and let us know that as we say yes, we are never alone. We glorify you, Father. We honor you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing this worship song, I want to just encourage you to accept that call. The Lord is calling you to something doesn't matter again how old or how young you are if the Lord is calling you to something accept that call and say yes if you want prayer we'd love to have an opportunity to pray for you but let's lift up our hearts to him as we worship together